Well, hello. How's everybody doing today? I'm so glad that we ushered the cold back in. Hope you're enjoying the beautiful weather out there because this is the best year ever, is it not? As we continue on this series, we're going to be talking about developing healthy habits. But did you know in the NASA program in the 1970s, there is a flight, Apollo 13, that was known as the successful failure. And this flight launched on April 11th, 1970, with the intentions to land on the moon. But the mission got diverted with an oxygen tank that exploded two days into the mission. In 1995, they made a movie about this near tragedy. And the astronauts who were on that ship were gazing out over the moon in this one scene, still wishing and daydreaming about landing on the moon when Tom Hanks' character, Jim Lovell, asked the other two guys, gentlemen, what are your intentions? And then he said, I'd like to go home. I want to go home. At that point... And their mission, their, their goal had changed. Their mission had changed. Their priorities had changed. It was no longer about getting to the moon. It was about getting home. And you know, life seems to be a series of changing priorities. Depending on the stages that we are in in life, we are constantly going through different priority and shifts and, and focuses in our life. For example, as I look back at my life, I see the different stages that I went through. You know, when I was going into junior high, there was that awkward focus of winning the attention of the ladies. Yes, it was. Then going into the teenage years, it was all about my popularity, wanting to be popular and being a great football player, maybe playing for a big college and being a professional football player one day. And then when I realized that I wasn't much of an athlete, my focus shifted a little bit. And then after high school, when I went to college, I got real with my faith and I had my priorities focused on that and my studies to be a minister one day. And then after college, I got married and my focus shifted to the desires of my wife. And then when kids came along, there was the constant desi desires to meet their, their focus. And of course, there is the priority of my role as a pastor here at Impact. You know, life just seems like you go through different stages. And with each stage, we have a different mission, a different set of focus, a different set of priorities. And like Jim Lovell asked his crew in the movie, I think we need to ask ourselves, what are your intentions? What are your intentions in life? We all have different missions. Whether they are spoken or unspoken, whether we're honest with ourselves or not, we all have different missions that we are striving for in our life. And this weekend, as we continue on in this series, as I mentioned, we are focusing on developing healthy habits. But if you really want to learn how to develop healthy habits in your life, it needs to start with us taking a step back and knowing the fundamental question that you need to ask yourself that you must answer before you do anything else. The first question you need to ask is, what do you live for? What do you live for? Which leads you to ask, what is my priority? What is my priority? Answering this question is everything and will guide the path of your life. 
What is your priority? What are you living for? You know, knowing is half the battle. Is it not, G.I. Joe fans? That's right. Knowing is everything. And if you're wondering who G.I. Joe is, you're probably pretty young and you need to go YouTube it. But knowing our priorities is the starting point to understanding habits. You will never understand the habits in your life if you're not real with the priorities in your life. Because once you understand your priorities, then you understand how the habits are in your life and how they shaped and how they became. Because priorities guide our focus and priorities guide our decision making. We decide based upon our priorities, whether you realize it or not. And our focus and our decision-making is what cultivates habits in our life. That's how habits are developed. And let's just be honest with ourselves. Let's be real for a moment. Let's be honest in our own homes. Is your home a Jesus-centered home? I mean, if you were just to sit here and be blunt to yourself and be blunt with that question, is your home a Jesus-centered home? And before you quickly answer, say, yes, Bill, Jesus is my priority. I love him. I want to live for him. Let's be real with that. Is the focus of your home based upon Jesus or other priorities? Because that is the answer to your question. Is your home a Jesus-centered home? Because sometimes our missions get diverted. Our focus gets out of line to other things. You know, in the Old Testament, the baton was passed from Moses to Joshua to lead the Hebrew nation into the promised land. And as Joshua was leading the the Hebrew nation into the promised land, they were going through other countries, through other nations, through other peoplehoods, if you will. And as they went through all these different uh, uh, cultures and, and nations, the people of the Hebrew culture began to be persuaded by the cultures that they were walking into. And before you know it, they started to really like the cultures that they were walking into. And then they began to worship the gods of those cultures. And it became a very, very big problem. It became an epidemic. And in that moment, Joshua had to make a stand. And that's where we come to Joshua 24 Verse 15, Joshua was standing there, but if serving the Lord, he said, seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves yourselves this day whom you will serve. In that moment, Joshua was drawing the line in the sand. You know, he was saying, you need to make a choice right now in this moment. If you're saying, you know what? following God and doing the things that he calls us to do is not desirable to you anymore, then so be it. Make your choice. Stop being wishy-washy. Stop going back and forth. Stop being a fake and choose today who you will serve. And I think we need to be honest with ourselves too. We can't be wishy-washy in our journey with Jesus. We can't go back and forth and say, I really want Jesus, I love Jesus, I want to follow him, but then really the priorities of my life is this world and what this world offers. You can't go back and forth. Today we need to choose who will we serve because that determines our priorities, which cultivates the habits in our life. We can't move forward until we answer this question. You know, make no mistake about it, my friends. 
our country, the United States of America, has gone through a significant culture shift. You know, once, decades ago, America could be classified as a Christian nation, but that, that is no longer the case. We are no longer a Christian nation, so let's pretending like we are. We are no longer the home team, so let's stop acting like it. And this has adjusted our priorities sometimes as well. How does that happen? You know, the culture shift is a slow journey. It's methodical, and it's, it takes slow steps. You know how it began? It begins with tolerance. You know, as tolerance begins to overwhelm and take over, or the mindset of, you know what, don't rock the boat. I don't want to create conflicts around me or in my life. So, so if they want to make that decision, if, if, if the world wants to do this, so be it. I just, want to, I just don't want to be involved with it. I, I want to live my own life. And we allow tolerance to take over. But you know what tolerance then leads to? Acceptance. Before you know it, you're not just tolerating it. You begin to accept it. Well, you know what? Maybe those choices really aren't that bad. Maybe it's not that hurtful. Maybe it's not that terrible of a thing as I once thought it was. Or maybe you go in the other direction. You say, well, they can choose that. They can take their life down the tubes. But it doesn't affect me or anybody else. So it's only affecting them. So what's the big deal? And we just accept it. But then acceptance not careful leads to indulgence. Indulgence is where I start dabbling in it. I start making those choices. My priorities change. My focus gets adjusted. My habits are transformed. And before it, before you know it, just like the Hebrew nation wandering into the promised land, we are struggling with a wishy-washy faith of, um, I don't know if God really does it for me anymore because this life just seems too good too fun too whatever it is you fill in the blank and then we go down this path of bad cultivating bad habits that if you're not careful will restore will destroy you this was what josh was dealing with this is what the the epidemic that they were facing and joshua had a simple challenge for them choose today no more wishy-washy. No more going back and forth. Today, who do you serve? In other words, decide now who you will live for. Decide now what your priorities are. Because that is the fundamental question that will guide all of your choices, that will guide all of your habits. If you don't know the answer to that question, you will drift towards unhealthy habits and consequences and choices. You know what Joshua said? He said in verse 15, But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. That's what Joshua said. And you know, many Christians have this verse hanging somewhere in their house. And I bet it's safe to assume that there's many sitting in this room right now that has this verse hanging up in their house in some way. And while this is a nice placard for your home, are you really living up to that standard? Are you? Who or what are you choosing to live for? What are your priorities? You know, many well-intentioned well Christians really aren't living as Christ followers. 
And it's time we take a step back towards him. It's time we do that. Too many of us have allowed other things of this culture to become the focus of our life, to become what we live for, to become our priorities, and it has begun to shape the habits in our life. And we need to know what we are cultivating. You know some of the significant signs that reveal what your priorities are, what your focus is? There's two things. What dominates your calendar and what controls your resources and your finances. I really challenge you at some point, maybe today or this week, to go home. And if you're a, if you're a, a couple, go home and do this as a, a, together. But sit down and look at your calendar. And really examine your calendar. What are the things that seems to dominate your calendar? And I bet just maybe those are the priorities of your life and could possibly have become your God. Review your finances. What do you tend to spend your money on? And what tends to be the thing that puts you into debt? And sometimes those things become your God. And we need to be honest with those, those things. Because when our priorities and our focus are out of whack, your attitude soon deteriorates and it falls apart and you take this natural drift away. You know, this is all about being focused on what you live for, what your priorities are. And sometimes our mission needs to be adjusted. This will affect the habits in your life. What you choose to live for and what your priorities are and what your focus are affects what you cultivate in your life. It's not about what habits you're trying to to do. It's not about trying to create habits. Here's the truth. Every person has habits. It's just the reality, reality of life. We all have habits. The question is, what habits are you cultivating? Every one of us are cultivating habits. And it's a matter of that question. What are we cultivating in our life? That will be the big thing because the struggle is that. And here's the problem. Jot this down. The problem is that our natural tendency is to drift towards unhealthy habits. That's what happens so often for many of us. We allow the natural drift to happen and every one of us it has that happen. We're not immune to it. No one, no one is. It's a natural reality of human nature is the drift towards unhealthy habits if we don't stay focused. You know, it's like going to the ocean. How many of you guys love going to the ocean to go swimming? Yes, it's a great time. And when my family and I, we go to the ocean, I love taking the boys out there and swimming and riding the waves and playing and splashing and doing all the fun stuff. But you know what tends to happen sometimes? We get so focused of riding the waves and playing for forever, then all of a sudden we stop and we look up and we're like, where did everybody go? Did they leave? And before you know it, you're miles down from where you started. Have you ever been there? Why does that happen? Because you become so focused on what you're doing in the moment that you don't realize that the natural drift of the current is driving you downstream until you're way, way far away from where you began. And that happens for so many of us spiritually. The reality is this. We all have the natural drift of our life and the natural drift is towards unhealthy habits and unhealthy priorities. And if we aren't focused, we will allow the natural drift to pull us away towards unhealthy habits. 
That's what happens over and over again. And unhealthy habits, my friends, is the path towards destruction. It really is. You know, what tends to happen for many of us is that we lose focus on what should be the priorities. What should be our focus. What should be the thing that we live for. And it causes us to drift towards habits that are hurtful to us. Hurtful to the relationships around us. And damages our relationship with God. Every person struggles with this. Every one of us. Myself included. My friends, the struggle is real. As a parent, I I battle with it all the time. I mean, parents, we struggle with the culture shift of our kids and their activities, which then dominates our calendar, calendar and dominates our finances. And before you know it, it's everything is going to this and to that for them. And then before you know it, our priorities have been adjusted. The struggle is real. I'm in it too, my friends. I completely get it. And if we don't allow ourselves to stay focused, we will have an unbalanced life. And too many times the call of well-intentioned Christians are, I, I, the, the church is demanding too much. I don't have time for the church. I can't get involved with the church. I need family time. But then if you look at your schedule, you're saying no to the church because you don't have enough time for them. They're asking for too much, but your calendar is overloaded with all of your activities and special hobbies. Do you not see a problem with that? I struggle with it too, my friends. Struggle is real. But if we allow the natural drift to happen, it will consume us and it will control us and it can destroy us. What do you live for? What are your priorities? You know, most often... We're not aware of that drift that's happening. Most often, we don't even know it is happening until destruction comes. Oftentimes, the realization occurs when the damage is already taking place. You know, several years ago, my wife and I moved into the home that we live in now. And it's, it's a great little townhouse and it's, it's wonderful and it was new when we bought it. And, and everything was seemed perfect and nice and, and we loved it. Well, several months into our living there, all of a sudden our kitchen floor began to bubble up. And we had no idea what was happening. And so thankfully, everything was still under warranty because if you know me, I'm not a handyman and I would just bring more destruction to the house. So we were able to hire the big guns that come in to figure out what is going on. Well, they came in and what they found was when the shelves were hung in the pantry, a nail was driven through the wall and into a pipe. And then over time, that pipe, that nail rusted and dissolved and then a slow leak began to occur. And we had no idea that behind our wall for months, a leak was occurring until it started to bubble up on our kitchen floor. And you know, that's exactly what happens to to far too many of us in our spiritual journey. There is a slow leak that we are dealing with spiritually that we are unaware of because we've allowed the natural drift to pull us away from what should be our focus, what should be our priorities, what should be the thing we live for. And we don't understand the spiritual leak that's occurring in our own life. And when we do begin to realize it, the damage has already taken place. Our spiritual floor has already begun to bubble up. We can't wait that long. 
You can identify this problem now before it becomes a really big issue. At some point, we need to focus ourselves on things. Make no mistake about this. Jot this down in your notes. Unfocused and undisciplined lifestyles develop unhealthy habits. That's, that's bottom line truth. Unfocused and undisciplined lifestyles develop unhealthy habits. It's the reality of human nature and the natural drift. At some point in our spiritual journey, we need to make the decision to be focused, to be disciplined. No one can make that choice for you. No one can do that for you. At some point, I need to make the choice for me and you need to make the choice for you. Paul puts it this way in his first letter to Timothy in 1 Timothy 4. Paul writes, have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. You know, the question that we need to be real is, what are you training for? Every one of us trains for something. What are you training for? You know, when I was a kid, one of the greatest movie series that I loved was Rocky. Rocky was awesome. And you know, back in the original Rocky, when he was getting ready to fight Apollo Creed, he got ready, he was beginning to train. He woke up like at 4 a.m., he drank a raw egg, and he was out there. I, had never had, I never had an interest of drinking a raw egg. I'm telling you that right now. But it was awesome watching Rocky do it. But one thing I learned from Rocky is this. At some point, he had to make the choice. He had to make the choice that I need to take this next step. I have to train. He had to make the effort of waking up at 4 a.m. or whatever. He had to make the choice of drinking that nasty raw egg. He had to make that choice. No one was going to do that for him. And at some point, we need to make that choice spiritually. We can't always expect things to just be spoon-fed or handed out to us. We've got to make the choice to grow, to train, to be disciplined in our journey. But you know, the problem is that is for us is this, that many of us, we all, for example, I mean, live in a Google and an Amazon society, which causes us to expect things just to happen at a click of a button or not just happen at a click of a button but happen in that moment I should have it I should be developed to that but you know what spiritual growth doesn't happen like that creating healthy habits in your life doesn't happen with a click of a button it takes effort it takes focus it takes discipline it takes effort on your part and if we're not careful the natural drift will pull us away we have to have focus. We need to have effort. We need to have discipline. And you know what else? Our habits are transferable. Your habits are and will get passed along. Parents, make no mistake about this. Our children follow the pattern of what is our priorities. What is the thing we live for? Our habits, we pass on to our kids if we're not careful. The stakes are high. Extremely high. It matters. 
It matters. So let's talk really quickly how we can develop those habits. How can we develop spiritual healthy habits in your life? And there's two really super simple steps that seem super simple, but it takes effort. The first thing is this. We need to surround ourselves with God, godly people, and godly examples. Who we surround ourselves with matters. What we surround ourselves with matters. The more you surround yourself with the world, the more you become like the world. The more you surround yourself with God, the more you become like him. Jesus put it this way in John 15. This is a great passage of Jesus revealing who he is and what we are, who he is to us. John 15 verse 5, Jesus says these words, I am the vine. And you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. What you surround yourself with matters. It makes a big difference. Over and over again in these, in these words of John 15, Jesus said, here's the most important thing in your spiritual journey. Remain in me. It's all about who you're connecting to. Stop trying to do the right things and just connect to the one who will be the source of the fruit in your life. Paul even said this in his first Corinthian letters. It's not written in your notes, but he said, bad company corrupts good morals. Who you surround yourself with matters. And the ultimate priority of our life should be remaining in Jesus, remaining in him, connecting with him. You know, the people and examples that we surround ourselves, they're either going to guide us towards God's heart or pull us away from him. There really is no in-between. There's not. What you surround yourself with will either guide you towards God's heart or pull yourself away from him. And the more you surround yourself with the world, the more you'll probably be pulled away from God. Jesus said he's the vine. In other words, he is the source of life. He said the father is the gardener, which means he's the one who develops and cultivates the growth. And when we tap into that, when we connect to the vine, we as the branches will bear the fruit. It's all about who you surround yourself with. So what does that mean for us personally and today? Well, it means this. Our church involvement makes a significant difference because Jesus created the church, which is the people. And the, that's why it's so important for us to gather together, to worship together, to be involved with growth groups together, to serve together. Because the more we surround ourselves with God's godly people and godly examples, the more we will be guided towards his heart. God created us for communities to stop trying to do it on your own. It just won't work that way. But also we need to have our personal growth time. We need to spend time in the Word. We need to be reading. We need to be praying. There's some great ways, great tools to help you invest in that and to grow in that. But we need to surround ourselves with Him. Remain in me. Look at verse 4. Jesus said, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Stop trying to do this faith journey thing on your own. It's never going to work out. The more we connect with God, godly people, and godly examples, the more we will do be able to cultivate an environment that develops healthy habits in our life. 
The writer of Hebrews even said this. It's not in your notes. Hebrews 10, it says, do not forsake the assembly. You know, trying to do your church on your own doesn't work, my friends. It doesn't. Missing church on a regular basis for hobbies, our kids' activities, or whatever it might be, is spiritual destruction. It just is. When the normalcy of your calendar is other things and not much church, you're not going to really develop and cultivate the habits in your life. It's just not going to happen. We need to spend more time connecting with Jesus and God and God's people so that we may be encouraged to grow. Because don't miss what Jesus said in verse 5. Underline it if you need to. He said, apart from me, you can do nothing. Those are some strong words from God himself. We need to connect with him. The second thing about how to develop healthy habits in our life is a step that none of us really like and oftentimes we don't want to talk about and that's pruning. Pruning is a necessity to develop healthy habits. It is absolutely necessary. Like I said, nobody likes this part of our growth. Nobody's fans of pruning. I don't like it. But this, and this is usually where the discipline ends. This is usually where people tend to throw in the towel. This is usually where people tend to quit. But can I just encourage you for a moment? Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. It is difficult sometimes to prune. It is hard sometimes to cut things out. It is difficult to do that. But there's great things on the other side. There's things that you will never experience, never understand until you get to that other side, until you take the steps of pruning. You know, in the movie, A League of Their Own, Tom Hanks, this is like Tom Hanks Day. I love Tom Hanks. He's a, he's a great actor. You know, in The League of Their Own, talking about baseball, he had one of these, he had a great quote which said, if it wasn't hard, everyone would do it. It's the hard that makes it great. My friends, sometimes it's difficult to make the right choice, but there's greatness on the other side. And we will never experience that greatness until we take those steps, those difficult steps. And here's the crazy thing. The difficult steps is not trying to do more of the right things. The difficult steps that we're talking about is not allowing the natural drift to occur, to remain focused, to remain disciplined, to not allow the culture shift to happen in my heart so I can make the priority of what I live for to surround myself with him so that I can become more like him. My priority is just to connect to the vine so he can bear fruit through me. But it's difficult because we are so surrounded by the world. And like the Hebrew nation wandering to the promised land, we get pulled away so many times by the natural drift. That's where the difficulty is. But there's greatness on the other side of pruning. There really is. We need to prune. Look what Jesus had to say about this step in verse 2 of John 15. He said, He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Pruning creates more fruit, more goodness in your life, more love to experience, more joy to have. Pruning is needed. So here's the question that you need to ask with this. What needs cut out of your life? 
honestly, every one of us at some point probably has something in our life that we need to cut out of it. And you're probably sitting there and you know exactly what needs cut out of your life. The problem is not that you don't know what needs to cut out of your life. The problem is you don't want to cut it out. That's the real issue. Because pruning is not enjoyable. We don't want to cut that out. Why? Because we enjoy it too much. It seems too good. And like Joshua said to the Hebrew nation, you need to make a, you may need to make a choice. I mean, if going God's way is not desirable for you, then choose the day who you're going to serve. The choice needs to be made. But if you cut those things out of your life, while it may seem difficult, while it may seem unpleasurable in the moment, there is greatness on the other side. There is good things. You know, pruning is absolutely necessary to develop those habits. You know, growing up, I played football. I had a desire to be the best athlete I could. And so in training, I had to prune things so I could focus more on what I needed to do to be a better athlete. And as I got older and, and physically I needed to make better choices to have a better life physically, I had to prune away unhealthy eating habits so I could have better healthy habits in my life. You know, pruning is not easy. It may hurt, and most often we fail to develop healthy habits in our life simply because we don't deal with the pruning that needs to take place. That's where we usually stall out. But don't miss what Jesus said in verse 5. Remain in him and you will bear much fruit. That's where it's at. But some will say, well, Bill, you know, if developing healthy habits, if it takes this effort, if it really is so hard, if the pruning part is really not that pleasurable and not, not that great, then why bother? What is the big deal? The big deal is the benefits that comes on the other side that you will never experience if you don't take those steps. You know what those are? We're going to go over these super fast as we wrap things up. Jot this down. Here's two great benefits of making healthy spiritual habits in your life. Number one, love is experienced. So often in our journey, we struggle with our life and wondering, I don't really experience love. I don't know love. I don't have love in my life. I don't know what that means. Well, you're probably not experiencing it because you're allowing unhealthy habits to destroy you and to control you. Jesus said this in John 15, 10, if you keep my commands, you will, will remain in my love just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. You will never experience true love that God wants to provide and for you to experience from him if you allow unhealthy habits to dominate you. It just won't happen. You will miss out. You will miss it. The second benefit is joy is found. So often in our life, we struggle with experiencing true joy. It seems like we're beat down so often. We're dragging. Each day seems so long and difficult and hard. Life seems a bear. But in him, that's where the joy is. That's where it's at. Jesus said this in verse 11, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. I love that. In him, you will find joy that is complete. The joy that you're longing for, the love that you're hoping to find, 
all comes with healthy spiritual habits. It all comes with being honest with what I live for. What are my priorities? That's what cultivates the habits in our life and guides us towards the fruit that we are experiencing. That's where it's all about. And healthy spiritual habits create fruit that's going to be shared for generations to come. You'll pass it on to your kids and you'll pass it on to other people in your life. Look at these last two verses really quickly. Verses 12 through 13 of John 15. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. And then verse 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. Listen to these last words. Fruit that will last. Is your life full of disappointment? Is your life full of heartache and pain and just not enjoyable? Why don't you try to surround yourself more with God and godly people and godly examples? Make him the priority of your life. Prune and cut out those unhealthy habits that you know are there and begin to experience love and joy like you've never known before. You know, life ultimately is all about the fruit that we bear. So what fruit are you cultivating? Let's pray together. Father, we love you. And we give you all the glory and all the praise. Lord, you are the giver of life. And you are the giver of all good things. And it's so easy. It's always happened in this world where we have been overwhelmed by what's going on around us in the culture, that we, that we are consumed by the natural drift towards other things and away from you. But Lord, like Joshua challenged the people on that day, may we be challenged today of who will we choose to serve? Who will we choose to live for? Lord, I choose you. Help me, help us to do more to surround ourselves with you and others that will draw us closer towards you. Lord, help us to identify unhealthy habits in our life that may be hurting us spiritually or hurting uh, our relationships with you and others. And help us to be bold enough to take the step to cut those out and to become more like you. Lord, we praise you for who you are because you are good. It's in your name we pray. Amen.